0: Architects and AEC professionals, it's time to connect, grow, and redefine your professional journey. Imagine a place where you're part of a vibrant community, accessing resources tailored to your needs, and earning continuing education credits effortlessly. That place is here at Gable Media. Join our legacy membership, your exclusive path to a world of opportunities. With instant access to all our CE courses and groundbreaking content, you're set to excel. And here's the game changer. Lock in your legacy membership at an unbeatable introductory price of just $29 per year, forever. Plus, enjoy contests, events, and unique freebies. But hurry, I hear this special pricing won't last long. Spots in our legacy membership are limited and filling up fast. Follow the link in the show notes to be part of something groundbreaking with Gable Media.
1: My name is Mark R. LePage, and I'm joined by Patrick McLaney, FAIA, and former CEO of the international architecture firm HOK. This is Build Smart. After his time at HOK, Patrick, as he puts it, has been repurposed. Now, as the chairman of Building Smart International, Patrick will outline a new strategy for the building industry and so much more you'll find that there's a lesson in every episode. Welcome back to build smart. In our last episode, Patrick discussed building information modeling or BIM, a type of software that the building industry uses to design and communicate that design for construction. He explored why some architects are currently not sharing their full BIM files and the advantages of doing so and the potential of BIM after construction. If you haven't listened to that episode, I encourage you to go back and listen to all the episodes to hear Patrick's full story and insights into how to reimagine the building industry. If you've been following along with Patrick, you know his effort curve presentation, which came to be known as the McLeamy curve. But have you heard of his bim-bam-boom talk? Yes, bim-bam-boom. In today's episode, Patrick shares his concept of bim-bam-boom to highlight the true value of design. In 2009, while CEO at HOK, Patrick developed the concept and presented it as part of a testimony before the U.S. Congress on the need for digital standards in the building industry. Building Smart's platform would then be a conduit for spreading that message, and that's where we pick up with Patrick I've today. i this
2: little piece about it, that
1: BIM is building information
2: modeling, BAM is building assembly modeling, and actually, BOM, B-O-M, is building operation modeling. And I was actually told by the HOK in-house attorney, you cannot say BOM in a public auditorium giving a speech. Not a good idea. So I had to modify BOM, BIM, BAM, BOM, became BIM, BAM, BOOM, building operation optimization model, just to satisfy the, let's not have a a stampede in in the auditorium. But people remember it. Once I gave my first Bim Bam Boom talk, I had different places asking me, can I come and give the Bim Bam Boom talk? So I was invited, I can still remember, I was invited to Munich, and uh, there were 500 people in the room. Building Smart in those days, we had never had that many people in attendance. They were all interested in this idea about design and money being connected together in a little formula, Bim Bam Boom, and the value of design was important not just for how something looked, but how design could be part of a strategy, a business strategy as well. Could be part of a conservation strategy, a green strategy, just a strategy for saving money. So I've given that speech, I think personally, more than I've given the McLemi Curve speech, which is the value of design is such you ought to put more effort into it. And so Bim Bam Boom at the moment is the top of the hit parade.
1: All right, Patrick, we know what BIM is, but what is this BAM and BOOM? How do they reveal the true value of design?
2: I'm excited to talk about this because it gets back to one of the fundamentals of what the architect can do, the importance of the first steps that the architect takes. Let's first define what BIM, BAM, and BOOM are. I didn't make up BIM, That's a, that term has been around, building information model or modeling basically putting together the information about a building in a three-dimensional model with attributes and relationships as a series of smart objects so that a computer can read and understand. When we architects or we designers working with engineers and specialists design a building, we create a BIM model of that building that contains all of that rich information. And if we do, as our mothers taught us to share, we then hand off that model to the contractor, as we talked about in our in our last session. And the contractor does something a little different than we do. They're not designing. They're actually building the building, but, but as I like to say, buildings are not built so much or constructed as they are. I like to think of them as assembled from pre-manufactured parts and pieces that are brought to the job site by a truck and hoisted into position in the building by the contractor. And so the contractor is really a master assembler, more so than putting one stone on another stone or one brick on another. So I call it BAM, Building Assembly Model, which is using the model to assemble the parts and pieces of that building to create the finished building. BAM is different from BIM in that its focus is procurement of all the parts and pieces from suppliers, a supply chain that stretches around the world, and working with dozens, sometimes hundreds of, sub- of subcontractors and suppliers to get materials to the job site at the right time and in the right sequence. And knowing things that the architect maybe isn't as interested in, how much does that piece of equipment weigh that I'm going to lift up into the building? What kind of a crane do I need? Or how can I store something at the job site and protect it from the weather until it's uh, finally assembled into place, et cetera? So their needs for information are parallel to ours, but they're different. So I call it BAM. And then finally, at the conclusion of construction, uh, 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 the contractor takes this BIM model that they have enriched with assembly information, which I called a BAM model. So they can't take the combined BIM and BAM model and hand off to the owner for the building operation. Now, what's an owner do? Well. The owner is responsible to operate the building. And Mark, in these days, owners, because they have this rich information in this model, they're now enlisting much more professional building operators than in the past. When I was a kid, the person that operated my school was the janitor. Now modern buildings are much more complex. We need professionals to manage them, maintain them, operate them, and take care of them to get the maximum value from that building. And so I think of building operators are optimizing the operation by use of the combined BIM and BAM model and building operation optimization model, I admit it's a stretch mark, is called BOOM, B-O-O-M, building operation optimization model. But the results of BOOM are actually quite explosive as we'll see in a minute. So BIM, BAM, BOOM, design, assembly and optimizing the, the operation of a building, those three acronyms. The more important maybe than the acronym is, what's the value? We don't think about buildings this way, but we should and we're beginning to. We normally think about the cost of building as what's it cost to construct it? Design and construct is a, is a capital cost. And then what's it cost to operate it is an operating cost. And they're usually by accountants, they're kept in two buckets capital budget and an operating budget. Well, if you think about the total value of something, you have an automobile, you have to buy it, then you have to maintain it, fill it with gas, and or maybe charge it up with electricity these days and keep it in good repair. What's that cost, that total cost over the lifetime of that car? And that's the the real cost, it's not the purchase cost, it's the total cost. So if you look at the total cost of a building and let's say Assign that a value of 100%. Well, how much is the value of design if you measured all that out? And I will tell you that design is 1% if it's that. It's probably a fraction. Construction or assembly, as I like to call it, BAM. So BIM is 1%. BAM, or construction, is 19%. It's about 20 times the value of design. And so the first design and construction is about 20% of the total cost of the building over its lifetime. Mark, people don't think about this clearly, but if you, if you let your mind go wander for a minute, that means that if 20% of the total cost is design and construction, then operating that building over its lifetime is 80% of the total. 80. That's an enormous number, and I will tell you, I've studied this It's 80% for a fairly simple building, like an office building, a hospital or an airport or other buildings that are complex and heavily used. It can easily be higher than that.
1: Wow, Patrick. So 80% of the cost of the building over its lifetime is the operation of it. 20% is the stuff that happens before it starts operating that seems like we need to get that stuff done right. That design and that construction is pretty critical in the process of getting all the rest of it right.
2: That's right. And Mark, here's where architects can stand tall if they understand this. That 1% mark determines the cost of the other 99%. Think about that a minute. Yeah. If you have an architect that really is using BIM tools in a correct way, and is thoughtful about design. And Mark, I want to talk about what design means here. Design is not just a a good-looking building or a pretty face. If an architect is really practicing thorough, full-life design for a building, the architect adds huge value to the owner because they're starting with nothing uh, except an owner's program, and they're creating something that's going to last 50 years or more. And that first 1% Should not be wasted on doing superficial things. It's a really serious uh, endeavor to set the stage for the other 99%. And the real value of the the architect in this is how well the architect and the design team can organize that design to be thorough and uh, really solve every owner need, really fit that building to the site, really adapt that building to the climate, really make that building as green as you can make it, and starting with design, you you don't bolt on green green later, you design it in from the beginning. A liberated architect practicing thoughtful design can create tremendous value downstream. That other 99% depends on what the architect does in that first 1%. And it's especially true if we're practicing as colleagues and the architect has a good friend and partner contractor working with the architect as design proceeds giving the architect advice and counsel and then those roles reverse during construction where the architect is an advisory role to the contractor during construction or as i call it building
1: assembly or, or bam in order to build smart you need to operate intelligently if you feel frustrated Wrangling all your spreadsheets to get a clear view of where your projects stand today? Or you're tired of staring at poorly designed software that's just slowing you down? Monograph is here to help. Designed by architects for architects, the Monograph platform allows you to track your firm's time, projects, budgets, invoices, and payments all in real time. With their innovative visualization tool, MoneyGant, you can immediately see whether you're under or over budget. Need to easily adjust your team's time week to week? Their tool Resource allows you to reallocate your team's time and track its impact on your remaining budget. Visit monograph.com today to see why hundreds of architecture firms call Monograph a game changer.
0: How familiar are you with the hidden forces shaping our world? Learn about the spaces you occupy every day with Spaces Podcast, a journey through the design, construction, and the impact of our evolving environments. Hi, I'm Demetrius Lynch, host of Spaces, and I'm thrilled to take you on a ride through the intersections of environment, politics, culture, and economy. Join me and leading industry professionals as we uncover the stories behind the spaces that shape societies, past, present, and future. Today, there's a certain amount of cynicism and and kind of general malaise. Maybe many practices should come together and think about common goals, solving some of the major issues of the day.
1: If I'm not mistaken, am I seeing like a wallpaper that is imitating books in some places yeah i have to say now we are in peace with this but
0: (laughs) (laughs) subscribe now by following the link in the show notes and let's unravel the secrets of our built world together spaces podcasts go beyond the everyday because spaces shape society
1: Let's talk a little bit more about the BAM, the construction phase, the assembly, as you call it. What ideally happens during the construction phase?
2: Well, the industry, the building industry as we know it, as we practice in it today, is highly inefficient. Uh, There are lots of mistakes, there are lots of coordination issues on all sides. The architect, the engineer, the contractor, and the subs are all struggling to design and put together Complex buildings with larger buildings again with millions, literally millions of parts and pieces. So using BIM tools and BAM tools for how to assemble the building, we gain efficiency. And my own studies have shown me that if we do this properly as colleagues with the architect and the contractor working together and sharing full information together across that that open BIM platform that we can save enough money in construction to pay for the architect's fee wow just think about it i said the architect was one percent and the construction was 19 percent. i think the construction cost can be reduced to 18 percent or less that's not a heavy reach in effect if you do this correct as an enlightened owner the cost of construction will be reduced enough so that you can pay for the cost of the architect like getting your architect for free
1: that's a big incentive
2: <laughs> that's a huge incentive Uh, And again, the message here for the owner is don't cheap out on your architect. If you really do this from an enlightened standpoint, you'll think about the 50-year value that you're creating. You're spending your own money on something that will last 50 or more years. And to get the best value, you need to pay attention and really get an architect that's going to thoroughly design that building using good BIM tools so that the other 99% Uh, becomes more efficient. And therefore you're going to save money. You're going to keep that money in your pocket. In fact, maybe Mark, maybe the architect is so valuable. Maybe you should give the architect one and a half percent. I'll bet you can save that much too.
1: Or two. Let's go for two.
2: Let's go for two. (laughs) You know, and the architect can begin to demonstrate real value to the owner here as a trusted advisor, instead of somebody that's on the outside begging an owner to give them a chance to design their building.
1: Yeah, and it is so important to get that first 1% right in order for the contractor to be able to do what they do in order to get to the, to the building operations. Let's get into the building operations a little bit. Let's go to that final phase of boom, what's different there?
2: Okay, now, so we have a building now that's been very thoroughly designed by the architect and, and design team. It's also been very efficiently put together or assembled by the contractor. And this combined BIM and BAM information is given to the owner as a model for the owner to operate the building as optimally as possible. And again, my studies show buildings are not very efficiently operated these days, Uh, but we can actually now, there are good good programs out there, Mark, that read the BIM model, BIM-BAM models, and actually can operate the building based on the model and it can seek to make the building operate the way it was designed. So if if energy efficiency is one of your goals, turning off the lights when people aren't in the room, turning the temperature down or up during the night hours when people aren't working, and many, many other things. Having a computer remember that a piece of equipment needs to be serviced on a regular basis and give the reminder to the building operator that this piece of equipment, if it's serviced properly, just like your automobile, It will last twice as long. Therefore, what happens? You save money by taking proper care of things. You save money by operating the building efficiently. And my studies uh, have shown me we can actually save, I think, 25 to 30 percent of the operating cost over the life of the building. And if we are able to do that, Mark, it's as if the operation of the building saves so much money that we pay for the construction costs it's like getting a building for free.
1: Wow. That's pretty amazing. But it but it but it requires you to get all the other pieces right first.
2: If you don't get that first 1% right, you can't get that that big savings at the end. And if you don't have the architect and the and the contractor collaborating fully and giving the owner a well put together building at the onset of building operation, you can't achieve that savings. Mark projects that start right tend to end right. So this is the epitome of starting right, where it's fully collaborative. It's using the best BIM tools to share information across the board between all the parties, between the owner, the architect, and the contractor, all the way through so that at the end of the day, the owner is the one that reaps the benefit. The owner saves this lots of money, has a more efficient building, has a building that retains its value much longer. So any way you cut it, Mark, It's a better deal for the owner, but the owner, in order to do this, needs to understand this BIM, BAM, BOOM idea that BIM is most important money they're gonna spend because it, it sets the stage for the other 99%. BAM requires the architect and the contractor to be fully collaborative, like partners, sharing the information and sharing the work. And then BOOM means that the owner reaps that benefit by operating an efficient building and that over that lifetime of efficiency, that will, the savings will pay for the cost of the building. I, again, Mark, it's, it's hard to believe, but it's like getting the building for free.
1: And that is the true value of design, BIM BAMBOO. <laughs>
2: yes, it is. <laughs> yes it is.
1: You talked about building operation professionals as a new service, and a new <clears throat> industry. Yep. Um, what are your thoughts about that becoming a service that architects provide, that it's something that architects do uh, as an additional service that not only can we design the building and show how to how to build it, but then when, when you get into the boom, we can operate it for you too as an additional service.
2: I, I think there's room in that area for architects, uh, especially if the, the architects were in the area of assembling the BIM information and managing it. Uh, we are going to have some competition. Every major contractor I know uh, has a, a little task force that's looking into building operation. You know, uh, this doesn't come as a surprise. Last I checked, Boeing makes about as much money from ongoing maintenance contracts for their, their commercial airline, uh, commercial jets, as they do with with designing and building and selling them. So there's a huge marketplace to take care of things. I would go one step further, Mark, let's say you're a big university, the University of California system with uh, many different campuses or any any state system uh, or any hospital system, what's your primary mission? I'm a university, well, gee, my mission is teaching and research. It's not managing buildings. So why would I bother to have campus architects and so on? Why wouldn't I turn that over to uh, a professionally geared uh, organization that can take care of my buildings? And uh, why wouldn't I then free up my resources and thinking to focus on being the best teaching and research organization I could be? Same thing with healthcare. What's the purpose? Well, it's the healing arts. It's not really to manage hospital buildings. Why wouldn't that be something separate from healthcare? So it could be in parallel, it could be in in full collaboration, but there's room in there, I think, or professional groups to say, you know what, hospital group, we think we can manage your hospitals, the buildings, not the operating rooms and so on, the buildings, uh, more efficiently than you're doing it now. We think we, we can return some savings to you, and we'll charge you a fee, but we think you'll end up saving money. That's compelling. It's greater efficiency and more certainty. If you really are paying attention, things won't break. They'll be repaired and fixed before they ever break. You know, when you fly in an airplane, you hope like crazy that somebody has been taking care of maintenance and you expect it. Well, we need to have the same expectation with our buildings.
1: Yeah. Knowing the history of HOK and all the innovation they've had throughout the years, I could see firms like HOK leading the way in something like that, where they create a division that runs the buildings that they design. That why, who better to run the buildings than the architects who designed them? And why would not every HOK building be operated by HOK?
2: Well, in fact, um, we do have a group uh, in HOK that helps owners manage not the buildings day-to-day, but uh, airports, good example, always in a state of change, always. Some department has been moved from the fifth floor to the third floor, and there's a new fit out to do. There's a move management to do. And uh, HOK has probably 100 people scattered around the planet that help customers or clients do this. We get involved in building operation because often a tenant vacates a floor in a building. Perfect time to go in and update the sensors on the floor, update the equipment, get it to be more automated, more environmentally friendly, what have you. So uh, we are involved at that level. But there's a whole big world of room there, for uh, ingenious uh, designers, engineers, or people that just like to take care of things. I think a big growth industry, staring us in the face if we take advantage of it.
1: Can you share some lessons from this episode as we wrap it up?
2: Yes, construction savings pay for design, so BAM pays for BIM, and operating savings pay for construction. Boom pays for BAM. So. Design is free and the building is free. What could be better than that? All the owner has to do is is agree to be rigorous about selecting an architect and a contractor that work well together and insisting that they use open BIM tools. This is the beginning of the liberation of the architect. The architect, and when I say architect, Mark, I really mean as the leader of the design team. Of course, there are engineers and there are many other specialists, but the architect is the leader of that group. And the architect is the best position to, to create real future value for building owners. I, I want to say that again and again so that people here understand it. And uh, as you're an architect, you need to change from being the underdog where the owner is doing you a favor to hire you to being a valued partner. And we can be if we apply these lessons. So bim bam boom is the true value of design and it's the true value of partnership the partnership between design and assembly or construction and between design assembly and building operation it's all a continuous process
1: to continue the story come back next week for the next episode of build smart where patrick gets back to the story of building smart international And he's delivered a challenge that changes the entire trajectory of the organization.
2: We were just going ahead one day or one month at a time, pretty pleased with ourselves because we had generated enough work and done enough thinking to develop a couple of IFC releases. But in 2013, all of that got turned basically on its head. I got a call from the United Kingdom, from the government of the United Kingdom asking, could I be there in two days? It wasn't really a request. It was a summons. Yeah, And it was a summons to me, not as Patrick, the architect or Patrick, the HOK person, but Patrick, the chairman of building smart international. You know, when you get a summons like that, you go.
1: Thank you for listening. Season two of build smart podcast has been made possible in part by building smart international, the worldwide industry body driving the digital transformation of the world's built assets. Learn how Building Smart International is impacting our world and how you might get involved at buildingsmart.org. This podcast is a Gable Media production and is produced by Demetrius Lynch Jr. Gable Media is the home of curated thought leadership for an audience dedicated to building a better world. You can listen in, subscribe, and find more content like this from our network partners at gablemedia.com. That's G A B L Media.com.